HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comte Cheese Association. Comte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Comte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. Meet and Three is back. We're kicking off our fourth season and celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary with a very special episode about our home, Brooklyn. Roberta's was such an interesting place with such a strong gravitational pull and attracted all these different groups. The neighborhood has changed a lot over the past decade from its culinary renaissance to the complicated implications of gentrification. I would say the majority of the people who are members of our co-op definitely have a certain purchasing power, are mostly white, and we are trying to change that. We're taking you on a journey that spans the birthplace of food radio to buzzy neighborhood pollinators to the transformative health journey of our borough president. That was my moment of, you know, wow, someone has thrown me a life raft and I'm going to take it. Subscribe to Meet and 3, that's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigade. On today's show, I'm excited to begin a discussion about cheese work during different phases of life and when you've got different things going on. To kick things off, I've asked a friend and cheese colleague, Jessica Kesselman, to join me in studio today. Jessica is currently an account executive at Cardew's McKenna Marketing. It's like I was anticipating that uh, Cardew's McKenna Marketing line. (laughs) So... Cardew's McKenna is a specialty broker, and before that, Jessica started a nonprofit and community farm to help save suburban agriculture. And before (laughs) to try and save, we'll hear more about that, I'm sure. Before that, Jessica was a cheesemonger at Lucy's Way and Murray's Cheese Shop. So, you know, when I first got into cheese, my life was pretty independent and uncomplicated. I lived by myself with very few big responsibilities, and I would say that's certainly not the case for my guest today. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jessica was definitely not right. Jessica was already married with kids when she started working in cheese. And as she has grown her family, she's also stayed the course and continues to work in the specialty cheese world, which I think is compelling and interesting. I'm excited to talk about that. I asked Jessica to come on the show with me today to talk about the convergence of these two experiences, her cheese work and her family life. And I'm so excited to learn more about her background and approach. Jessica, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thank you, Elena. <laughs> it's good to be here. Yes, it's well, and welcome back, really, since you were on an episode, as we were talking about, years yes, ago. years ago. With Diane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so in talking about doing this show together, you mentioned to me something that I found really interesting and that I didn't really know, which was that if it weren't for parenthood, you said you may not have gotten into the cheese industry. That's right. And yeah. I'd, so tell us, tell us about how that can be, because that was, I was like, what? What an interesting <laughs> way to come at it. I was looking for a part-time low-paying job in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Not something you hear when you've had your second child and you're, you know, right. trying to make it in the big city as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been something more appropriate in my, you know, 20s when I was still figuring out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was working in education. I mm-hmm. worked in the exciting world of school reform. Oh, so, very um, uplifting. Yes. So I had been in the classroom in the South Bronx when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and you lived in the city. I lived in the city okay. and moved out to San Francisco uh, for a number of years and mm-hmm. then came back with my husband after our first child was born to be closer to family. Okay. And so I was putting jobs together in the school reform universe and my contract had ended Mm -hmm. and then I had um, my son and when it was you know when I felt ready to go back to work Mm -hmm. you know I I had this moment of sitting in front of my computer and back then you found a job on Craigslist (laughs) back back when Craigslist Um, was like legit I'm dating myself here but I um, remember those days too. yeah so it, it was maybe 2000, late 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at, um, I typed in part-time job in the job search. (laughs) So that was your criteria. Yeah. I was looking for something with flexibility Uh and, um, and you know, I was actually about to interview for a literacy research job Mm -hmm. and, um, this part-time cheesemonger positions at Murray's kept popping up Mm. over and over and over again. And I have, and an affinity for Murray's. I was born on Bleecker Street. I, oh, that's wow. where I lived. There's an embarrassing childhood story of me <laughs> dumping grated Parmigiano Reggiano on my head when I was a toddler, <laughs> like in a store. Um, and uh, and I just decided, you know, like, wh- what do I want to do right now? How do I want to spend my time? Right. And And my husband was supportive, and we just decided to go for it. And I interviewed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I got it. So at that point, your what were you most looking for? Was it the flexibility? Was it also part of your budget that needed filling? Um, was so, it that you were you know ready to get out of that track of school reform and trying to sort of throw stuff on the wall to see what would stick? Yeah, where were you at in those? Well, elements? you know, working in schools in public schools in New York City in particular is stressful. And Mm -hmm. even if you're not working directly with kids, you're working with the system, it's stressful. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, <laughs> the money would have been nice, but mm. it, for me, it was about peace of mind. It mm. was about, I, I love to work. I needed to work. Mm. And, um, there was a lot of nostalgia connected to like working for an institution in New York City and I'm not talking about the institutions of public schools I'm talking about <laughs> Murray's, Murray's. <geez. laughs> and um and the job actually ended up being at the counter in Grand Central oh and busy spot I love that building yeah, and so it's I was gorgeous. like oh my gosh how much more New York can I get and I so true. I love a challenge mm-hmm. I love to do the hard work I was the one who volunteered to work on New Year's Eve and, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. Like, oh it's word. just, that's just, I love it. The busier, the better. Um, but I knew nothing about cheese. Hmm. And I was excited to learn. It was a job, a dream job. Like, oh, you're going to teach me everything I need to know. And, right. um, had and, you felt that you weren't really learning much in your previous work? You know, I, I was every day, hmm. every day. But, um, but I felt like, you know, at that point you either start to really go all in, Hmm. you could, you could have, you know, the only way, the only thing I could have done was to just keep working harder, longer hours, Hmm. you know, going up to a higher and higher position. Um, and it really wasn't making me happy. Hmm. I wanted more of a work life, you know, family life balance Mm -hmm. and, um, and, uh, you know, I had, I had a precocious toddler Mm -hmm. and then a, you know, like, I guess he was about seven months old, six months old at that time when I decided to go back to work. So, um, so I really was just looking for something a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. uh, to manage and to be able to leave at work because I had worked for about 10 years by that point, oh, more than 10 years at a job that woke me up at three in the morning with a you know, mm. panic, mm. you know, Oh my God, what am I going to do about this, this kid or, no. or this assignment or this responsibility? And I didn't want to do that anymore. And now you had at that point, then you had two kids. <laughs> I waking had you other up things waking me up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. you, you start at Murray's, you started slinging cheese. Yeah. Well, I told you, I told you this, um, when we talked, um, about me coming on, I showed up at my first day in Tivas. I'm so glad and you're mentioning I, this. <laughs> and like, I don't know how, I mean, maybe I was sleep deprived, but like the I, whole concept of like working with knives and having to wear closed toed shoes, well, you know? You know, you don't know you until don't know. you know. Right. And, <laughs> you know, we often say, you know, cheese people are the best people. People are patient with you. Mm. They meet you with where you're at. I think it's true with customers and Mm. colleagues. And, um, so you didn't get fired on your first day. I did not, but I (laughs) (laughs) was mortified. (laughs) I think my hair was tied back. I'm not even sure about that. That's an easier one to fix regardless. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it was a, it was the start of rush hour on like a Tuesday or Thursday. Those were my shifts. So it was like late afternoon or closing shift. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was just sink or swim. So how did it play out once you got, you know, you had a certain set of expectations, you're getting into it for this flexibility, mm-hmm. leave work at home. Um, you know, what did reality start to look like? Did it match what you expected or how did it differ at all? Well, um, one of the things that I always appreciate about 
moms and dads when they decide to go back to work after having a kid and mm -hmm. they might feel some trepidation about it. I always remind them that you get a chance to miss hmm. your child. Hmm. You're with them all day. Right. And, and for a lot of parents, maybe you've been with them every day right. <laughs> since they've been yeah. born. And to go back to work gives you a chance to have a little distance, yeah, have a little space. And be like, I can't wait to get home and see them, you know. Mm. And so I always saw it from that perspective. But also going to work was like, oh my God, I can breathe. <laughs> I get to be alone. I get to talk with, with coworkers, adults, interesting people. Yeah. And um, and my my husband also has a job that's pretty flexible. He's mm -hmm. a pilot. And so he would he would walk in the door and I would walk out and mm -hmm. um, still get home. I would get home early enough that we had time together. But the two of you, you yeah, yeah. But um, but it was nice to have something that was separate and mm. um, and I still it didn't really disrupt anything. Mm. Um, and and so that was great. Uh, but I have to I have to mention that this was also at a really exciting time. Yeah, frame that put us for, in context. Yeah, so, you know, I had no idea about cheese. I knew about retail, um, mm -hmm. but I had no idea what I was about to become a part of. And that was this, it was the beginning of this real catapult of American artisanal cheese. Right. And Murray's was... Like at the forefront. Oh, my gosh. I mean... You would hear about a cheese maker named, you know, Meadow Creek Dairy sent a wheel <laughs> and they want to know what we think about it. I remember wow. Coupole. I remember, you know, even, you know, seeing cheeses before they figured out their packaging. Right. And like, you know, or... These cheeses that are so iconic now, Grayson yeah. and companies that are, I mean, Vermont Creamery went on to mm -hmm. just become something so huge. Now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Jasper Hill. And, um, so it was, it was an exciting time and, uh, it, you know, you learn pretty fast. What's so funny to me is to think that at some point in my mom fog, mm -hmm. my mommy brain, I still had enough room to memorize like hundreds of PLU <laughs> numbers for the scale. That's incredible. And, but you know, it's, um, you just, the brain adapts and, and, uh, and you know, it, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was really wild to be a part of that mm -hmm. time in cheese. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and it's been interesting to stay in the industry and yeah. see where, where a lot of those, you know, people are now. Hmm. Now, as you've stayed in the industry, did you find, how, how did you find your kind of like ex, cheese explorations, your expertise? Like how did these elements of the professional life grow as you also were raising your kids right. and sort of managing things in what I assume is a very busy house? Yeah. <laughs> so I remember, what I do remember about my interview was talking about the relationship between the producer and the consumer mm. and um, and specifically about maybe even the farmer. Mm. And that, that's been something that has stuck with me all the way through. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I don't think I was making it up during my interview. I think I, I had, you know, my time in California, I had really mm. learned to appreciate food and where yeah. food comes from and local food systems. Mm. Uh, and then coming back to New York City, um, this was a way to stay involved. And with that, um, it definitely influenced my career choices after that. But, mm -hmm. um, but I started cooking 
mm. at home. Um, Which you I, hadn't done a lot before. We did in, you know, as in California, it was really easy to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, when I, produce in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, so my kids, you know, we, I was making my own baby food. You know, I was Whoa. doing all of that. But Hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And then, but sometimes it was just like peel a banana and just spoon it out, yeah. you know. But um but it became very important to me. Mm. And um and it was it's something that's important to my kids. Mm. And their relationship not just to food, but to the food economy, where mm. you buy food, where your money goes when you buy food, right. who's making the profit off of you know, that that's something that's just kind of part of who they are mm. um it's kind of funny when they start questioning it's they're amazing. like you know their friends on play dates like about like you know i don't know asking them about the food they're eating or the package they're opening um <laughs> but <laughs> actually it. yeah we're pretty popular people like to come over and have dinner at our house because mm-hmm. i mean i made popcorn for uh one of my daughter's friends and um i made it on the stove with a pot amazing and she had never seen <laughs> popcorn made before and her eyes popped out of her head because right. she just thought it never, was like well you don't see popcorn until products, it's popped right, right. Mm-hmm. even if you put it in the microwave you never actually see the popcorn right um and and my daughter and my oldest amelia was just looking at her friend like are you serious really like, you didn't you? know how you know? do you have this perspective yeah. that's so really great so i think it's it's in many ways this job and food and and being a representative for Mm. people who are producing these beautiful cheeses which is Um, what you do now yes Mm -hmm. but it makes you a critical thinker totally um okay i'm gonna pause us there Mm -hmm. it's time for a quick break and we'll be back in a moment with more conversation on parenting and cheese life and all the above This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conté. Conté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conté is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conté is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. Cost... 
Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigate, and I'm here with Jessica Kesselman chatting about her experience as a parent in the cheese industry. So, Jessica, now for as we head into the second half of the show, I'm curious to hear about your current role at Cardus McKenna and how how that has either changed the kind of like balance and dynamic with your family life and um, also time has passed. So your children are older. I'm curious about like being having kids that aren't in that like early intense kind of like ah kind of phase. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. So now I work for um, a specialty food broker. Mm-hmm. So we represent many companies at different stages of their um, operations. So maybe some of them are very new. Some have been around for a while, but don't have representation Mm -hmm. in certain parts of the country. Mm -hmm. So we fill that void for them. So we work with distributors and retailers and we do a food service uh, and we provide them with a lot of support. We're trying to get their products out there. And it's really like sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And just promoting the products, getting in front of the buyers and the right people. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not unlike being on the counter, Mm -hmm. but... um, At a different link in the supply chain. At a a different link in the supply chain. And what's funny is I always tell people, if I could stay on the counter forever, Mm -hmm. that's that's the job I love the most. Because, again, frontline, I like that intensity. I love the interaction with customers. But financially, Mm -hmm. it did start to take a toll on us. Uh, we got priced out of Manhattan. Hmm. And so we had to move up. We moved up to the burbs, partly because my um, husband didn't work in the city. So he was reverse commuting and it just became easier and cheaper right. to move out. Right. And at that time, my daughter was about to enter kindergarten. My son was starting preschool. So it was like hmm. that perfect cutoff time. You know, right. Those are the natural breaks when you're going right. to make a big move. It always has to do with school. Right. Um, so... I was going back and forth to the city um, and, you know, it was expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, I was driving. Sometimes I take the bus. I live over on the other side of the Hudson, so we didn't have a direct way in. How long would it take you to get to Grand Central? Well, um, uh, on the, well, I would work on the weekends on Mm -hmm. a, you know, and that was easy because there was no traffic. Um, uh, but during the week, it was I was off hours. Mm. I was missing rush hours. So I see I planned this all That's very carefully. Very strategic, Jessica. And uh, thank you. Mm. And then uh, and then I was over at Lucy's Way. It was the same thing. Mm. So right. you know, and sometimes it was a banner day. I'd get street parking. You know? Oh, amazing. Uh, so um, so yeah. So money became an issue, mm. and also weekends. I wanted to stop working weekends. Mm. You know. So here's another thing that I discovered about parenting that people find out like as they go and then they yeah. pass it on to the ones oh, yeah. coming up. Let's hear it. So not everyone's going to agree with me, but when your kids are younger, mm-hmm. it's cute to, you know, they're cute. It's cute to be around them when they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Truth is they, I didn't find that they needed me as much as I thought I needed them. Like, mm. Oh, I, I have to be home with right. them. No, I'm finding they need you more when they're older. They they need you around. There's more to manage. There's more challenges. The mm. socially, emotionally, hmm. they need you to drive them places. <laughs> um, they're involved in a lot more things. They've got more complex social relationships. Huh. They need help navigating. Yeah, um, it makes sense. It's it's so true that I think nobody really talks about it. 
-hmm. beyond like those early sort of like physical care right like i have a baby that i have to hold all the or, time or, or something. Um, feeding them right just, like right literally like, like, <laughs> every two hours i yeah. have to be with them but yeah but it's such a good point about how their needs become maybe more deeper more complex yeah and now mm-hmm. i have one in high school um my son is autistic which is a whole other level to this whole thing because mm-hmm. he was being diagnosed when i first started working at murray's mm-hmm. and so it became very important to me to be working somewhere where I felt like I can give my mind a rest. I'm under a lot of stress. And also the flexibility that comes with retail that you can switch shifts with people. And I worked with the most amazing people. Shout out to all you. I know some of them are probably (laughs) listening. Um, Did you work with any other parents at that time? So this is, this is really interesting and it's remained a theme. Um, Not many. Mm. In fact, I think, at when I first was hired, uh, there was one and mm-hmm. he was a manager. Mm. And, um, but this was a grand central. There may have been, there were a few more at Bleecker street, right. but that's how it's been most. Mm. And still today, uh, I find that socially the people I socialize with and cheese don't generally have kids. A lot of people are younger. Mm-hmm. I feel like I started late that mm. I got into this industry late. I was 32 well, it's funny. We've talked about a little bit off air about like how there's almost this, there's like the early twenties. Oh, I'm doing cheese while I'm in school or, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to pursue this other thing. And then people just kind of continue and grow this cheese career in a surprising way. Right. But then there's this like second wave group of folks yes. who have, it's either second career. I think you see it a lot with cheese makers more, mm-hmm. maybe it's more public, the like second career, I worked on Wall Street and now I'm going to buy a farm and kind of like contribute in that way. But yeah. um, there's some wonderful hmm. cheesemakers that are in that are part of that mm-hmm. situation. There's also cheese shops that are people's second acts. Right. You know, they retire or they've made enough money doing one thing and they want to change. So they open a shop right. or there are people who are artists, mm-hmm. freelancers who are looking to add this Mm -hmm. into their mix there's a a number of people who are my age and older who i know are Mm -hmm. like you know i kind of i i have the flexibility and the liberty to be able to add something else i'm interested in and make some money and then it leads to other things i think this is a great field to be able to do something else right um when you're older and Mm. i'm looking forward to the day where i can go back to the counter i'm fully planning you got, you got your eyes on it huh? oh my gosh my retirement will be when i can <laughs> you know pick up a few shifts at like the local cheese shop hopefully we it. still have some yes and um and go back to how i started yeah but it is interesting to me when i look at people i you know sometimes i look at like god if i if i had known this earlier that i was going to enjoy this so much before mm-hmm. i had kids mm-hmm. where would i be now like what mm-hmm. would i be able to do because i think you do with with more freedom and you can work longer hours and put in the hard work mm-hmm. to become a cheesemaker like start your own business um i could never have done that right but um but i'm happy with what i do now mm-hmm. i work with the most amazing people I'm able to have some flexibility. Yeah. Um, are you full time technically? I'm full time, right? Yeah. And there are weeks when things are a little slow. I have more breathing room. Mm. I can work from home. I can pick up a kid from her after school club, and um, and then there are there are weeks where I'm just like I'm slammed. Right. Um, but my family knows I love this work. Mm -hmm. They love 
you know, when there's like extra, extra cheese. cheese, they get the ancillary <laughs> benefits there. And I know that a few people do this, you know, they plan their, some of their vacations around mm. like visiting, you know, cheese makers mm-hmm. or farms or famous cheese shops. And, right. um, and so that's fun, you yeah. know, that you can to do that. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting to be part of a group, particularly of women mm. um, in the New York metro area, because we, we do tend to socialize with yes, each other a we lot. Yes, our women in cheese. Our listeners know about women in cheese, the yeah. gatherings that we do, too. Yeah, and just to see the different phases of life everybody's in. Mm-hmm. And there are not a lot of moms. Yeah. But, um, but it, it's great. It's just, it's just a really great community. And, I mean, I think also... It's like when I, you know, when I look around and I see, oh, this group isn't as represented as another group in our industry. When I think about moms or, you know, parenthood, it's sort of like you have mentioned that it's, you know, financially you, you needed to work at one, at some point and you got, and you also got priced out of Manhattan, which sounds like it led to your maybe leaving retail, but definitely. But also it's, um, I think health insurance is such a big issue for people. I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the benefits that, um, are kind of that you would seek when growing a family, do you, at the time, were you getting those through cheese or have you gotten those through your, um, husband's work? No, they were through my husband's work, but Mm. my husband at one point also worked in a situation where that wasn't theirs. We had a little bit of a scary moment there for a few months, but wow. um, no, it really is. You know, you find your passion, right? And he he found his, I found mine, right? And we put it together, and our kids are seeing two parents mm. who love what they do. That's amazing, and that that has been the most important thing for hmm. both of us. Yeah. And it sounds like it's transferred to them. They're asking about where their friends' food's coming from. <laughs> and they're, like, empowered with this uh, these passions that you've got. Yeah, well, we have one going off to college soon. And so it's like, <laughs> like how much did I overdo it? You know? <laughs> like, so, um, no, but it's great. And, and you know... It, money, money is always a stress, but, um, Mm -hmm. for anyone, you know, but, um, but, you know, again, we, we found a way to make it work and we love what we do. Mm. Um, so here's a question. What would you say, um, did you have any moments where you felt like the cheese path looked unclear to you? Like you didn't really like in terms of charting your professional growth over these years, did you have moments where you felt like you weren't sure which direction to go in or have you kind of like stayed a a more steady course where you kind of like saw opportunities and knew they were coming along? I, I try not to compare myself to other people, but smart move, uh, (laughs) but I definitely had the moments as I referred to earlier where I felt like, I got into this too late. I, saw, I was like, thinking there were missed opportunities. Mm, or you and, saw things that you that were compelling, but you didn't. Yes. You, and it you was, sort of felt limited. In right, right. And, um, but I know I'm in the right place mm-hmm. when I um, 
find a job where the person I'm working for, or someone I'm working with, when we're in a time of serious stress, like mm. product doesn't show up, or there's a really unhappy customer, or something like that, right. when they say the words, it's just cheese. Yeah. I know I'm in the right place. I'm with the right people. Yeah. We, we'll move on from whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. And, and we're resilient. The business is resilient. Mm-hmm. And, um, and putting it into perspective. Mm. And, um, and what I love about the job I have now is, you know, aside from the, you know, the people I work with who I really enjoy, the companies that we work with mm. all have that same kind of approach yeah, to that- what we do. And that's why I think our industry is so compelling mm. and why we work hard to keep, you know, certain certain elements of our of our industry um sacred because we don't want to lose that Hmm. if there's one thing that you could have changed along the way or in in present day too to make it easier for you as a parent working in the cheese industry what would it have been oh man gosh i don't (laughs) i don't know i think um I know what it is. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I would. I have a dream one day that I'm going to take that, the the certification. Yeah, the CCP. The CCP, mm-hmm. because that was something that also like showed mm. up while I was working. I think it, it actually the first year they offered it, I was working at Lucy's Way, mm-hmm. um, and I that is the one thing that parenthood gets in the way of. I cannot find the time to study. Right. So I. That is still a goal. It's still something because mm. I do in talking with people like the personal accomplishment mm. of doing that, yeah. I feel like would be it would be really fun. Yeah. And it's almost so it sort of sounds like what could have helped was maybe work time for studying. You know, yeah. because in a way it's like you I mean, you I, I took that exam. I'm a mm-hmm. CCP. And I, I mean, it wasn't like. I didn't get like part of my shift at work to study, to prepare. I mean, it's professional I, development, right? You know, so, you should. yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's an, that's an interesting, you know, we, I talk on air to a lot of retailers, especially with, you know, limited bandwidth financially kind of traditional, very traditional business models. And it's like, how can we be more compelling with the benefits we can offer to people with what we have to work with? And I think time you know, you just said it. It's like you chose this path for flexibility more than anything else. And time to have an achievement like that could yep. be helpful. Well, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you're, um, the people you work with, people who are managers or buyers or are your, you know, your boss, mm-hmm. there are people who are seasoned, who maybe have gone through a lot of professional development themselves, and they're passing that on to you. Mm-hmm. And you can get professional development on the job all the time, which I think when I saw that part-time cheesemonger positions open and they, that's what, that's what they were extending. Yeah. That was sort of like, there aren't (laughs) aren't a lot of people with this experience out there. So that a lot of places have to train you, Yeah, but they're investing in you. Right. right. And hopefully it'll, it'll pay off Hmm. not just for Mm -hmm. you, but for the people who's, cheese you're selling Mm -hmm. and for the whole food system Mm -hmm. because I do think we have the power to influence that totally and when you have kids um and you start to see like what school lunches are Mm. really like or what kind of food kids are really eating and and the way that families um 
families eat and birthday party, you know, like just yeah. the, how much of a role food plays in our lives. And then you step outside of your bubble and, um, we have, we have the ability to influence that. Hmm. So, um, sometimes I think that about going in that direction. Yeah. Um, but I think I am already in it. Yes, you are. You're in, <laughs> like, you're in a, you know, a segment of it. It's yeah. a, a specialty food part of it. I think yeah. it's definitely, that's what you're doing. So yes. Wow. Yes. I love that. Well, I can't believe it, but we're coming to the end of our episode. Good times. Good times. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I want, before we really finish up, I want to ask you one more question. Okay. Um, what is the most recent cheese that you have eaten for pleasure? Not for just tasting a, a product or making sure a sample was okay. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to mentally scan my refrigerator. There's so much cheese in there. <laughs> and the last thing I ate was, um, how fitting a Vermont creamery capole. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Yes. That's such a delicious and fabulous oh, cheese. It's, it's like ice cream to me. It, it really it. is. It's a snowball. I feel like Cremant gets a lot of the glory, but Coupole is dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mine too. Mine too. Awesome. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. Thank you for having me. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear about your experiences in the cheese industry during different phases of your life. Is working in cheese helping you achieve other life goals, or does it make it harder? Please keep the conversation going with us on Twitter and Instagram at CuttingTheCurd, or shoot us an email at CuttingTheCurd at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the food world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.